Welcome everyone to issue number two of the Variant Brothers Podcast. Today we're covering King Spawn and in our third variant we have a surprise for all of you. But first, let me introduce my Variant Brother, L Charms. Hey, I only roll D20s. My Variant Brother, Young G. Free MVC2. And my Variant Brother, Mad D. Don't get it twisted. Alright guys, as I said, we're covering King Spawn number one. But before that, I have a what if question for all of you in the form of if you guys could cross spawn over with anybody, any hero, what heroes would you have? I'll go first. I would love to have King Spawn cross over with any of the Dark Avengers, but more specifically, my number one goal would have Spawn and Ghost Rider cross over. I think that that would be a very interesting storyline to see what they would be doing together. See, I didn't understand the question. I thought you were asking like if we could fuse Spawn with someone. <laughs> I That's where my head was at, but now that it's a crossover episode, I'm thinking I want Spawn to cross over with the Ninja Turtles. Just have Ninja Turtles and Spawn taking on some demons and, and the Shredder, like some kind of like chaos Shredder with a demon Shredder. Yeah, give me that. Give me that. Young G? Yeah, I have to say uh, Spawn with uh, the Venom. You know, both symbiotes. I could see, I don't know, some kind of dynamic between the two, maybe against each other or working with each other. I think that'd be pretty cool. Uh, as for me, I think best partner for Spawn would probably be uh, Batman. You know, with their capes, you know, top of the building, their capes flowing. Uh, yeah, that'd be dope. And now uh, we're going to move on to the summary for King Spawn number one. Al Charms? Thanks, Professor. Make way for the king. This week's cow is the newly released King Spawn number one. This anthology of stories gives you d- more details into the current events of the Spawn comics. This anthology includes five stories. The first, a cult causes massive casualties, all to fulfill a prophecy. The next four showcase characters in the Spawn universe. We see Haunt when he lets his guard down, Nightmare Spawn punishing traitors, A Child Manifests Chromox, and The Origins of Gunslinger Spawn. If this is one of your first tastes of spawns, you'll be diving headfirst into the deep end. Alright guys, now let's break down this very, very large issue. We're going to be going into spoiler territory here, folks. So if you guys plan on picking up this comic, I would suggest skipping ahead a little bit to our POW segment. Guys, what did we think of King Spawn number one? I liked it. But I've been reading Spawn since issue 300, and we're they're currently at issue 320. I enjoyed reading this King Spawn. Yeah, I for myself, I thought it was pretty decent. I wasn't expecting this kind of first issue being, you know, an, an anthology, as L Chimes has said. But there is one story that I particularly like the most and has me a bit invested in, like, the next King Spawn issue. Uh, as for me, this issue didn't really grab me so much. As for Spawn, I don't know the character too much to begin with to be honest i was hoping for it to introduce you know more of a backstory but it kind of started off with like a totally you know present random story to begin with so yeah this is definitely not a comic book for all ages keep that in mind spawn is a pretty violent comic i, I would say i think we all agree on that oh, oh yeah that's yeah, really brutal definitely. yeah as matt d said i don't really know that much about the character so i was kind of also expecting a little bit of backstory but i think that it's refreshing to have uh, issue number one that's not just like hey this is we're introducing the character you know like it's nice that you know we get to start off in the middle of a story so let's actually take a look at that story guys 
So the story really, the first story you get someone or some cult who goes out of their way to create a mass casualty event. The best part about this story, or at least all the stories in the Spawn, uh, in King Spawn, was the fact that they all kind of tie into the actual Spawn universe. The difference is you're starting to see the consequences of Spawn's action in the actual mainline Spawn. Spawn has caused a war between heaven and hell against himself and trapped all angels and demons and everyone of the like into Earth. That's why we do see metatron we see metatron in the comics and he's the one who's actually a red herring we all expected him to be the one setting off the bomb him to be the one doing all these killings but he's not doing any of that yeah as el charm said there's the mass casualty event to begin the book it was very jarring you know to to come from you know marvel and dc and like you know normal stories quote unquote you know uh this one just kind of starts right off the bat like zero to a hundred here we are you know a school gets blown up and now spawn has to figure out who is behind all this and as red as uh alterm said there's a red herring yeah it's like very scandalous how right off the bat you know explosion hits and they kill a whole bunch of kids you know that's very sad and you know spawns right there in the funeral in the back scene and in his mind he's just thinking What's the next move? How can we get the people that's doing this? You know, I want the guy. He's not very emotional type of person. His partner is. Uh, I, I do see that, which is a she spawn, I believe, right? Yeah, Jessica Priest. Jessica Priest. Yeah, he's just think. In my point of view, he's emotionless. Uh, he doesn't feel emotion as much. He's just focused on the mission and getting the bad guy. Another thing that I really enjoyed is that the artwork really set the tone. Also, like the gore and everything like that was just uh, really well done. Yeah, I mean, right off the bat, the biggest thing we saw is, as Matt D had already mentioned, was that a bunch of kids end up dying right at the beginning from an explosion. And while we don't see the cadavers from that, we do see later someone's head get blown off. And the way that was done art-wise, stylistically, you just see half a head on a person. It was pretty amazing. Right. So th another thing I liked about this particular issue is the fact that you get introduced to some characters that I, personally I didn't know. The In the second story, you get introduced to Haunt. And I love his character design. He has this kind of twisted center where that flows into black and white. And I then found out that his brother is dead and gives him the symbiote suit. And he basically turns into the symbiote suit using his brother's ectoplasm. Yeah. And another story uh, that I really enjoyed in this book was the hero referring to Alex and Comox. I think this story alone is what's going to get me to buy the next issue, if it's included, obviously. I think the dynamic that they could have and the potential that's there between the two characters will be very interesting. It's like how much of Comox is really Alex and vice versa. So uh, something that I see or has potential of happening is they could have a child's play dynamic with like Chucky and Andy. This time with Comox and uh, Alex, people around Alex are dying and people are going to ask Alex, you know, what's going on? And he's going to say, oh, it's Comox, but no one is really going to see Comox. He's not going to really show this character around. And they could probably lead to, you know, various situations that I feel would be very interesting, you know, for Spawn, for King Spawn. Right. And then I think the other thing we need to kind of take away or, or show from King Spawn is that this is kind of the DC or the DC equivalent or I guess the spawn equivalent of DC's detective comics so detective comics usually has an anthology in it and they show you things that are happening in Batman's world while King Spawn is showing you what things are, the things that are happening in Spawn's world let's break it down for the folks at home what is an anthology and how is it different from regular comics so an anthology is just a collection of stories that have something to do with the universe that we're talking about so 
this anthology has to do with the Spawn universe and it's five stories in that universe. Do you guys think that each and every one of these stories is making a comeback in the next King Spawn? Yeah, I hope so. I hope they bring back, you know, Alex and Comox. I can't speak for, uh, you know, the final story in this book, Gunslinger Spawn. It seems like he's going to get his own issue. Yeah, definitely. Gunslinger is, I think, a fan favorite and he is going to get his own issue. So I don't think he'll be back in King Spawn. But definitely the main story, the King Spawn story that you get in the beginning, I know that'll be back. I'd like to see more of Han. We did get to see Nightmare Spawn. And this is a Spawn who's just demonified, super spiky. Think of him like some sort of angel and demon mixed together with the Spawn suit on. Really cool looking. I really enjoyed that. But I don't see too much. I really didn't like his story. I'm going to just flat out say it. I didn't like the 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 Nightmare Spawn story. That I didn't think it had too much value added to this comic book. Comox and Alex? Yeah, I, I like that story too. Maybe not as much as Young G, because he seems super invested in that one. Well, let's transition into our final thoughts and our grading system. L-Charms, how about you go first? Well, since I've been reading Spawn, like I said, from issue 300, I really enjoy it. I'm going to put this in the stash, and I'm feeling pretty generous. So I'm actually going to be giving away a copy of King Spawn. If you want to get into that giveaway, please follow us at Variant Brothers on Instagram. And on Wednesday, we'll be dropping more details on how you can get into that drawing for an issue of King Spawn. That's awesome. All right, Young G, what about you? Yeah, as for my skill, I'd give it a 6 out of 10. Very close to a 7 out of 10. I think what really holds up the score from it being a, a 5 and below you know, the story of Alex and Comox, I really enjoyed that story. I want to see where they're going to take it. The art is great, but I feel, you know, being a first issue and being an anthology, it doesn't really help it. I feel, you know, the cons are really there and there's not enough pros for me to give it anything above a six, but that's where I'm at. Oh, harsh for a six. All right, Matt D, what about you? Uh, as for me, like I said before, I just needed or I wanted uh, a background of, you know, a Spawn because this is like my first time reading Spawn. So I don't know the character as much. You know, I did see it like in movies back in the day in the 90s. That being said, oh, yeah, another thing I want to point out is that it does give me a feel like a like a Batman character in a way. You know, he's always in the background. Um, it gives you like that Gotham feel vibe. So, you know, I kind of do like that part of it. But overall, I'm gonna have to give it a Kawa Bummer on this one. Oh, wow. Our very first Kawa Bummer. As for me, I did like it. I like the artwork. I'm also on the kind of the same level here as Matt D, in which I don't know a lot about Spawn. I know that he's ridiculously popular. He's ridiculously very well drawn. And, you know, the artwork is amazing. His costume is one of the best. But other than that, I don't really know that much about him. I look forward to doing some research, just trying to learn more about this universe so that I can appreciate the next book more. My official ruling, I'm going to give this, I'm going to give it a C minus. There's a lot of potential here. Like I said, a lot of this is going over my head, which I'm not going to hold against the comic book for that. Now we're going to move on to our next variant, the POW, or our pick of the week. Let's start with Matt D. All right. So me, for my pick of the week, I picked Elric, the Dreaming City. It's based off a albino emperor known as the White Wolf. Pretty dope just because his sword is cursed and he must feed it with souls. So that's pretty dope. The scene, it kind of gives me like a renaissance type of feel. It gives me, it kind of relates to The Witcher in a way. And that's one of the reasons why I picked it up. Because when I was flipping through it, it did kind of remind me of Witcher a bit. Uh, It was pretty awesome. He goes through an adventure with his pals. The city that he goes into, basically people lose their um, minds. Meaning that they lose their history. They don't go like psychotic or anything like that. 
Pretty dope story. I suggest you pick it up. I'm definitely going to pick up the next issue. And again, this is Elric, The Dreaming City by Michael Moorcock. All right. Young G, what do you got for us this week? Yeah. So as for my pick of the week, I got The Last Annihilation, Cable Reloaded. So it's about Cable versus Dormammu. The general plot of the series involves Cable trying to prevent Dormammu and his goons destroying or collecting five magical planets. So Cable has to assemble a team of mutants to stop. And this is all instructed by Rocky Raccoon and Dr. Doom. And as cool as all this sounds, it's very, very bad. I felt it was not that great of a comic. I felt disappointed. At one point, Cable was like talking to his like tattoo on, the ar- like, on his arm, like an AI. It was just very, it, it didn't feel like a Cable comic. And I was very disappointed. It's not what I was, you know, looking for when picking up, you know, Cable's first issue. Dang, that, that sounds really bad. <laughs> All right, Charles, what do you got? So my pick of the week is Radiant Black Volume 1, which is a collection of 1 through 6. My pick of the week is Radiant Black Volume 1, which is a collection of 1 through 6. This was by Kyle Higgins and Marcelo Costa. This is the millennial superhero. Struggling 30-year-old Nathaniel Burt is racked with credit card debt and student loan debt. Working two jobs, he's forced to move back in with his parents. But that's only the start. When he goes back into his parents in his small town, he finds a mini black hole which gives him superpowers. Follow his adventures in this collection of the first six comics. And just a little spoiler, number four changes everything. Number four changes everything is all we've been hearing about for the past couple of weeks here at Variant Bros. Uh, as for me, my pick of the week will be Home, issue number five by Julio Anada. And I'm going to butcher this last name here, but Anna Wisecheck. Uh, feel free to come on the podcast and correct us if you want. Home, issue five is the last in the, I guess, first arc of Home, dealing with a Guatemalan immigrant who comes to the United States for a better life after his father was killed by gang members. In the United States, he finds that enemies come from all shapes and sizes and, you know, the people who are supposed to protect you sometimes don't. There's an interesting incident that I don't want to spoil for you, but it leads him to basically escaping the detention facility that he was held in and he finds out old family secret that you know apparently everybody in his family has it's really cool it's a really wonderful world you guys should pick it up and uh yeah it's very ambiguous in the ending you get to decide whether you still have faith in humanity after reading the book or if you are going to be a complete cynic so enjoy the read all right guys so now it's time for our third variant and we're going to shake it up this week As most of you know, the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer dropped this week. We're going to be giving you guys our impressions, dropping some theories, as well as generally talking about this in our new variant called The Trailer Park. Coming soon to a theater near you. So guys, what did we think about Spider-Man 3 No Way Home? Man, the trailer drop, I was kind of expecting it because there was already rumors that it was going to be dropping this week. I didn't want to believe the rumors because I didn't want to get my hopes up. But man, was I happy when that trailer actually dropped. And I don't know if anyone was paying attention, but it was actually leaked prior to its drop. Yeah, um, I heard about the leaks. I wasn't too sure. You know, I I don't look at those things. Come on, guys. You know, we're all respectable people here. Why would you look at a leaked trailer? Oh, my God. But, uh, you know, I, I was kind of expecting a drop, too, basically, after I heard that it had leaked. I was like, okay, so we're probably getting something. Yeah, when I heard the leak, too, I mean... I was excited, but in a way, I did not want to watch it either. To I, don't, I just didn't want to go that route. I just wanted to see the actual, you know, real trailer. Um, my first reaction was, wow, like, this is really dope. 
it's not your typical rerun story, which I I really really like about you know it introduced you to the multiverse, so that was pretty dope. How about you, Young G? I thought it was unbelievable that it was three full minutes of a trailer. <laughs> three full minutes. That alone is what got me crazy for it. You know, obviously it presented a lot of themes. We're gonna speculate here in a bit. Yeah, I thought it was very very good that it was three minutes. It wasn't just thirty seconds or a minute. Yeah, it wasn't a tease. We actually got to see what. I'm hoping this movie is about Disney and Marvel are very, I guess, good at misdirecting us, especially after Infinity War, when we saw the trailer, which had the Incredible Hulk, you know, running into battle, then cut to the actual movie where it's just Bruce Banner in the Hulkbuster suit. Or, you know, and Thor Ragnarok, where, you know, they keep the secret that, you know, he loses an eye, but, you know, he gets it back in the next movie anyway, but... You know, still, it's very, uh, they are very good at hiding what the stories are. They know that there's people out there who obsess over these things. I mean, can you guys imagine obsessing over a trailer like this? Yeah, <laughs> who could picture that? I mean, there's a reason this thing has like, what, 36 million views or 36 billion views? It's ridiculous the amount of views it got in one day. Yeah, so technically, Sony Pictures announced that the teaser trailer racked up 355.5 million views within 24 hours. Damn. That broke the record, beating the Avengers Endgame, who had 289 million views. Come on, Variant fans. We need to do it. We need to break this record. (laughs) All I need you guys to do is to hear our podcast that many times (laughs) in the first 24 hours it's out. Is that is that including the leak? Like, did they count that as well, or when it was just released? I don't think so. I think the leak wasn't the leak released on like a TikTok video. Yeah, especially, I mean, something like that, Sony's not going to, you know, back that up either, you know. Of course, yeah. Imagine if it wasn't leaked, then it probably would have hit higher. No, you know what? I think maybe the quote-unquote leak, this is what I always do, man. These I don't think these leaks are actual leaks. I think it's just them testing the waters or them getting Mm. hyped. I I mean. Yeah, to just throw it out there in the waters. Exactly. It's for them to see how hyped people would be. And then at that point, they're like, yeah, yeah, let's just release the trailer, guys. Come on. Everyone's already hyped for it. Speaking of the hype. Let's get into some theories, guys. Let's see. What do we think is going on in this trailer? Well, I just want to start off. I like how they bring actors from the original Spider-Man movies like Doc Oct, which was like the main villain that they showed right away. And that's when everyone, you know, started throwing out memes about it. So that was like a popular uh, villain. And again, it's from original uh, actor back in the 2000s. So that's pretty dope. And I really like that just because it gets the older generation with the newer generation you know whether it's on screen or us you know as the audience and that's what it's all about i really like that vibe uh one other franchise that kind of did this was the star wars how they brought up uh palpatine the emperor into the last trilogies they how they brought up you know the older generation with the new generation and how like all the you know audience really interacted and enjoy you know something like uh surprises like that so that's pretty dope let's hope they uh, stick the landing a little better come on yeah Feige, <laughs> trust you Feige. <laughs> yeah um, crossing fingers yeah but i do like maddie's point a lot of stuff that you hear online is you know are you team andrew garfield are you team toby are you team tom holland you know but now with this movie introducing the villains in the way that it does you know it kind of unites everything it's like hey you can have all the spider-men and all the spider women, hopefully, one day, too. Looking at you, Ghost Spider and uh, Silk. You know, hopefully, you guys are joining us sometime soon. Yeah, the the whole Omniverse basically gets broken into. I think it's going to be really cool to see who these villains are. Because while we do see a pumpkin bomb, are we sure that it's going to be the Green Goblin? 
And that's kind of what I wanted to bring up is the misdirection that Disney does to us. We did see the pumpkin bomb. We did see that it was green and we did hear William Defoe's laugh come through in the background. But I'm going to go on the record saying right now that we're going to see Hopgoblin. Maybe we'll see Green Goblin, but I just I'm, I'm putting it out there. I think we're going to see Hopgoblin. He's probably going to be the goblin that we're going to focus on. As for teams, I think we're all expecting this to be a Sinister Six movie. I've been waiting for this since the Andrew Garfield movies when they were first teased. Now, the Sinister Six that we see in the Andrew Garfield movies is probably not going to be the same Sinister Six that we're seeing here. So I'm going to put this one, this theory out there. My Sinister Six team that I'm hoping and I'm thinking that we're going to see in the movie. Doc Ock, Electro, Sandman, Vulture, Hopgoblin, and to round up that team, I'm going to say Mysterio is still alive and I want to see Mysterio on the team. That is a very, Mm. very scary group of individuals. How about you, Young G? Yeah, for my picks, I want to say Doc Ock, Electro, Vulture, Scorpion, a Goblin. I don't know which one. It could be Hobgoblin. Goblin or Green Goblin, Goon Goblin, whatever. And maybe the Lizard. As for me, probably the six Sinisters might be, for me, is Mysterio, Doc Ock, Green Goblin, Electro, Sandman, and the Lizard. All right. As for me, let's see. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say Doc Ock is going to be a good guy in this film. Okay. 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 I like Like, that. I don't think that he's gonna join in the Sinister Six. You know, like at the end of Spider-Man Two, the original, he kind of you know regained his senses a little bit, and he was like, you know what, this this thing needs to go. You know, maybe in the trailer when he's saying hi, Peter, which I really don't think he's talking to Tom Holland, Peter Parker. I think he's probably talking to Tobey Maguire, Peter Parker. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, they show up. I feel like it's gonna be kind of like an ally kind of thing. And, you know, even if there is a Sinister Six, maybe Vulture also kind of like he decides to change allegiances halfway through the movie because he's just like, I'm not going to kill a kid. You know, like, I know this kid. He saved me. Like, I, I really can't. You know, and maybe that'll be the downfall of the Sinister Six. Doc Ock, Vulture and Spider-Man working together. Can I change my answer? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like that twist. The good guy, uh, Doc Ock. But didn't Doc Ock, like, die in a way, you know, in the movie? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So did Green Goblin, and we see him, quote-unquote, coming in at the end of that trailer. That's a good point, and that's part of the reason why I brought it up, just because, you know, we saw some of these villains die, and yet they are kind of back into this multiverse, you know, which is another twist, you know, that we probably didn't think of, you know, the first time we watched this. Well, I think where where that kind of comes from is, I want to say that as much as I like your theory about doc ock being a good guy and as much as you know we're saying yeah these guys are already dead and they're making a comeback i think they're kind of picking and choosing what time they're coming out of because they're in a multiverse just because we're at this point in time in our multiverse Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that they're in the same point of time as their multiverse so i think they could actually pull someone like doc ock or like green goblin i've been sitting on a piece of information i thought that it was widely known but i guess not uh should i say it oh my god um breaking news you heard it here <laughs> dun 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 first time on um, the variant bros supposedly there are reports that alfred molina who is uh, doc ock gave an interview that said that his character is basically going to get scooped up into the multiverse from the moment where he went down into the river so oh, okay. as he was dying he gets pulled into this mm. uh multiverse that's why he comes down from like under the bridge that's the same bridge where in the spider-man oh. trilogy he uh you know goes down in 
Very nice. Very nice. Okay. So people are kind of suspecting the same thing about, you know, Green Goblin. If he's in the movie, you know, it's like right before like the glider hit, it just like yeah. pulled him out. So maybe it's at the moment of their deaths. Maybe it's at a different moment. But at least for uh, Doc Ock, we know he's kind of around that area. But see, that kind of makes sense for Doc Ock because we don't see him after those movies. To me, it would just kind of ruin the timeline of the original Spider-Man movie if they pulled out Green Goblin from that point in time because now it messes with spider-man 2 spider-man 3 and since we did we did bring this up sandman at the end of spider-man 3 also feels guilty and somewhat tries to make amends by disappearing i don't know i still think i still hope that they're all evil i still want to see spider-man maybe spider-men kick some butt out there kick some sinister six but now that we're uh, we're kind of tying it into the movies i also like to bring in the comic books one of our listeners um saul told me that this kind of seems like the Civil War tie-in. So the original Civil War from the comic books, Peter Parker reveals himself as Spider-Man, which then leads to the One More Day timeline, or sorry, storyline, where he doesn't want anyone to know he's Spider-Man anymore because it puts Aunt May in danger. And once he gets to the Spider-Island timeline, people find out that he is Spider-Man again. Now, this kind of mirrors that because in the One More Day timeline, Mephisto was the one who erased Spider-Man's, you know, memory, or not Spider-Man's memory, but everyone's memory of who Spider-Man is. In this story, we're seeing Doctor Strange do that. I kind of want to say that just just like we said in Spawn, there was a red herring. I think Mephisto is becoming the red herring of Phase 4. We have see him, uh, or not see him, but we've seen links to him in WandaVision, and now we're seeing links to him again here in the Spider-Man trailer. Yeah, there's a, a lot of theories about, you know, could this person be Mephisto? Could this person be Mephisto? And I don't think it's going to be all that cut and dry. I feel like Marvel and Disney would have expected that from us. You know, maybe if this was still like phase one, phase two, it would be something that simple. But now, nowadays, these movies are a lot more complicated and sophisticated so i do feel like there's been so much smoke there's got to be a fire somewhere you know mephisto where are you at you're you're <laughs> hiding somewhere we know you're hiding somewhere so you you think we'll see mephisto in the near future in one of these movies or maybe in the tv shows i think in multiverse of madness i really don't think that he's going to be in this movie because mm-hmm. uh this movie is already jam-packed obviously the eternals is not going to touch anything that has anything to do with this so i think that in the multiverse of madness is uh is his best shot Okay, okay. I can see that happening. Definitely, he he does kind of line up more with a Doctor Strange kind of a fight. I could see that happening. Uh, I just want to move to another direction. I just want to give Matt props and Matt respect to Mysterio. You know, he's the one that did all this, you know, to Spider-Man. He's the one that revealed the identity of Peter Parker. I don't know. He's like a mastermind. I mean, he planned it all along and it kind of destroyed Spider-Man. You know, everyone finding out like uh, the rest of the variant bros has mentioned. And yeah, he just wants to, you know, go back in time and just make everyone, you know, erase, you know, his identity of uh, Spider-Man. Another dope thing I do like too is that usually um, Spider-Man is the one that fights against, you know, the Six Sinisters. And in this case, we have Doctor Strange. So that's like another X factor to this. I wonder if he's going to be helping out Spider-Man as much or is he just going to be focused on, you know, getting, you know, this timeline and, you know, tight and straight. I'm pretty sure something's going to happen between, you know, Doctor Strange and Spider-Man working together. I just don't know what, but I'm pretty excited 
See, I think the opposite. I think it's not going to be Spider-Man and Doctor Strange working together. It's going to be Spider-Man and Doctor Strange clashing, especially since we see a scene where Doctor Strange does the same technique that the Ancient One did on the Incredible Hulk and knocks him out of his body. Oh, okay. Puts him into the astral plane. So I really think that the consequences of Peter Parker's actions are going to catch up with him. And even Doctor Strange is going to be the one to say, hey, we got to put this to a stop and going to try to stop Peter Parker from doing what he's doing. And it kind of seems like he's going to be splitting in two because of that device he's carrying is a device that actually splits him in two and allows him to be in two places at once. I don't know what the role of Doctor Strange could be in this. I want to say, what if he's like trying to hold all the multiverses together and you know peter going around doing peter stuff is like kind of threatening that so like while he's trying to keep everything together he also has to like maybe send out like a copy of himself to try to wrangle spider-man back in and be like okay no we got to go back like we have to fix this but spider-man's like no this is great this is what i wanted you know like i'm this is bliss for me this i got my wish kind of and then like the universe starts falling apart and it's like oh no well now we have to fix it if it isn't the consequences of my actions what if Doctor Strange teams up with the three Spider-Men with Doc Ock also on the same side? <laughs> and then we get either the Vulture and the Sandman versus the, like a set of six. It'll be like six v six. I mean, talking the Sinister Six and the Virtuous Six? six? <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be a Sinister War. Like <laughs> Sinister War, like the oh comic books. Guys, guys, guys. What, happened? Nah. what, if, what if, right? <laughs> Doctor Strange says, hey, Peter, you can't do this alone. And he opens up the portal so that the other Spider-Men can come through. Uh, Madam Web did that at one point, actually, in the 90s TV show. She brings in Spider-Man from different dimensions to fight in a spider war. So it's been done before, so maybe it'll be done again. I could, I could, I would definitely get behind that. I'd like to see some different Spider-Man out on the TV, on the big screen. I do, I do want to see some Spider-Man on the big screen. And if we get Tobey Maguire, if we get Garfield. Andrew Garfield, if we get Tom Holland, I would like to see another spider-man maybe a spider-man from 2099 oh miguel o'hara nice i think it'll be like a standing ovation if we just see you know at least three spider-mans you know everybody would love to see something like that on the big screen if you're adding another uh spider-man yeah we'll take it you know the more the merrier on that oh man it'll be a blast if we just see you know more than one spider-man on the screen and it'll be dope are we all on the same page, you know, saying that all three will be in the film? Like Andrew Garfield, Toby, and Tom. Do we all agree, like, all three of them will be? I, I want to say they will be. I I know that it's going to be one of those best-kept secrets of Hollywood or best-kept secrets of Marvel if they are or if they aren't. And we're only going to find out by watching the movie. I don't think we're going to get any leaks confirming or denying that. I think that, unfortunately, we're probably only going to get one. Uh, we're probably only going to get Toby. That's that's what I think anyway. I, I have no proof or anything. I just feel like if we're going to get another one, it's going to be Toby. So you're saying we're going to get Toby and Tom? Well, I mean, we already well, yeah, know Tom's in. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to get Tom. But you're saying, <laughs> oh, wild. Oh, okay. hey, guys, Tom left and it's just Toby now. But uh, yeah, I don't think Andrew's coming. Sorry, uh, Mr. Garfield. Maybe people just didn't like you enough. Your movies didn't make enough money. Sorry. Hey, I thought, hey, they, were, hey, hey, I thought hey, they were really hey, good. I thought they were good. They were I good. Who's complaining? I <laughs> I'm saying if if we got to go back to, you know, Team McGuire, Team Garfield, and Team Holland, I'm going Team Garfield. I mean, Tom Holland's doing a great job, but I really like the um, Andrew Garfield saga. I think it was taking the story in a fun place. I, I, I will second that. I will say uh, Team Garfield, uh, you know, Holland is doing amazing. 
Great work, buddy. As for me, I just want to say I respect all <laughs> all the actors, all the Spider-Mans. Guess who's going to be uh, running for public office one of these <laughs> days? But for me, if I had to choose, it will be Tom Holland. I mean, he kind of grew on me on this, you know, okay. Spider-Man. So hey, he's good. No, yeah. he is. He's he's really I'm good. Don't lose with either Garfield or Holland. The thing is, I think he's the right age to play Spider-Man. I think the other Spider-Man have been a little too old to play those characters but tom is hitting the mark and he has the right personality for it yeah what about you young g who would you pick yeah i'd also have to say tom holland i think i don't think you guys really mean andrew garfield <laughs> to tell you the truth I, he was not to say he was bad he was good but i i think most people say tom holland and to go back if andrew garfield would be in it i think maybe they'll have a third spider-man who is garfield but me with the mask on the whole time <laughs> like oh, I'm, I'm not gonna take it off or so so we'll get the garfield spider-man but we won't get garfield in it that's a possibility just i feel like that's suit? possible just, yeah just, just in a suit you know <laughs> unmasked hey everyone oh not unmasked <laughs> i, I want to see some bad editing of that where they just keep cutting to the old movies of andrew garfield in them and it's <laughs> like hey guys photo. hey just stock yeah stock <laughs> photos and stock footage of that speaking of stock footage did you guys notice that the web slinging we see when he's carrying Mary Jane in the trailer is the exact same web slinging that you see at the end of Spider-Man number two. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw that. Did you guys it. notice that? And so I was just like, I, I think we're getting a lot of misdirection with this trailer. I think Young G pointed out that this is a three-minute trailer. It's like, yeah, it's a three-minute trailer, but I feel like this is a full of misdirection. But only one minute of it was honest. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> Any uh more speculation or any theories out there guys yeah i just want to say like who do you think will be the leader of the six sensor who will be the one you know guiding them you know to attack all you know the spider-man do you guys think there will be a leader or just it's just all focus on you know spider-man regardless based on comic book history i'm going to have to say it's going to be doc ock i, I like like i said i like mm. the idea that the professor brought up like what if doc ock is good love it but Based on comic book history, I'm going to have to land on Doc Ock's going to lead the Sinister Six. Okay. How about you, Professor? Who do you think will be the leader of the Six Sinister? If everyone's evil, then yeah, uh, it has to be Doc Ock. You can't. You, there's no other way that you can do it that would, you know, please the fan base, I think. But if my theory is correct and uh, Doc Ock happens to be a good guy, which, come on, man, that, that would be the greatest. I should go buy a lotto ticket. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the runner-up would have to be Vulture. I really want to say Goblin, but I don't feel like Goblin works well with others. You know, like they're going to have to like rope him in kind of just because like, okay, we have our, you know, our things are aligned. But I feel like Goblin is kind of like a wild card, you know, so wouldn't make that good of a leader. So I, I really feel like it would be kind of be like Vulture or maybe even Scorpion because Scorpion at the end of, you know, the first Spider-Man movie was very, very set on destroying Peter Parker, you know, Spider-Man, you know, because he didn't know who he was back then. So that would be it for me. And you, Young G, who do you think will be the leader? Yeah, kind of to kind of kind of want to relate to uh, Professor about how I think the Scorpion has like probably the best potential of being the leader. I think that alone could cause like issues within the Sinister Six. So that maybe the Spider Men, the three of them, would probably team up and kind of pick at that, or seeing how Scorpion is, you know, kind of putting himself on the top. One more point that I wanted to add is just that uh, in, in favor of Scorpion being the leader is just that we've seen all these guys in movies before, you know, like Electro's coming from a different movie, Doc Ock's coming from a different movie. We've had Vulture already. Scorpion is really the only one that we haven't seen yet. Does that help his case? Does that hurt his case? I think it helps his case. Like, you know, just the fact that he hasn't been introduced yet. As for me, Kingpin, 
you know, Kingpin Whoa. will be dope. I mean, <laughs> he's usually the commander, the chief, you know, directing you know, the villains. I'm pretty sure there's six Sinister as well. Maybe I could be wrong. But it'll be pretty dope if we see the Kingpin, you know, brought up to this movie. So there have been rumors that the uh, Netflix Daredevil is going to be joining the MCU and that he might be in this movie, you know, representing Peter. So do you think that they're going to bring the Netflix Kingpin in with him? I mean, who knows? I mean, that'd be pretty dope if they do. I mean, and if not, and they bring like some random, you know, Kingpin from another, you know, multiverse, uh, regardless, it'll be dope just to see him there in the big screen, you know, as part of the... Do you think they're going to pull a Roger Rabbit and bring in the Kingpin from the Spider-Verse movie? Yeah, that's what they're gonna from, do. From the Sony, from the Sony <laughs> movie, are that's they gonna exactly bring? Are they gonna, gonna bring it? They're nice. gonna do? They're gonna bust a, a Who Framed Roger Rabbit and bring in the animated Kingpin? Oh man, uh, I don't know. If they'll go that far. <laughs> hey man, if we get Spider Pork, I'm there. <laughs> do you guys think that there's villains that they're hiding from us? Because mm. I mean, technically, Sandman is one. He's like confirmed. We just see like a big kind of dust cloud and stuff like that. People are assuming it's Sandman, but like anybody else that you guys think might pop up. I was thinking maybe the Shocker. I mean, he wasn't like a class A type of villain. I mean, he was a side. He was part of the Sinister Six in but, the 90s com- and the 90s cartoon. Very true. Yeah, I was just referring to the movie. But yeah, very true. I mean, maybe he could be a potential villain. Wait, are you talking the Shocker or Electro? Shocker. Shocker. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was in the, fir- in the first Spider-Man. You're right, yeah, yeah. you're right, you're right. Yeah. Um, Rhino. Oh, yes, Rhino. Rhino. Okay. Rhino's the other one. Like the, the robotic Rhino or like you know hopefully which one a human... <laughs> No, it's it's a robotic one. I mean, that's the one we've seen throughout these films. One of them is going to say Rhino from the PS4 games. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't. I don't see them bringing in a villain that we don't know. If they do bring in a villain that we haven't seen, it's probably going to be one of the Sony villains. So I don't think they'll bring bring in Kraven the Hunter. I don't think they'll bring in Venom. I don't think they'll bring in Carnage, but they may... I don't even like this guy as an actor, but they may bring in Morbius. Oh, Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Yeah, I mean. Just to clear things up, I was talking about people we haven't seen in the trailer, not people we haven't seen ever, just like people we haven't seen in the trailer. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. We, yeah. we, we, haven't seen, we haven't seen Morbius in the trailer. I mean, that's why I'm, I'm thinking like maybe they'll bring it in and do the tie-in with the, the Sony-verse. There is a worry, though, that this might be the last Spider-Man film that we get to see come out of Marvel. I haven't brushed up on the contracts to see where where Tom Holland stands, but for right now, that people are thinking that might be a real possibility that this is the last Spider-Man film we'll see from the Marvel universe. Yeah, that brings my next question: Like, will this Spider-Man series still continue, or will it just like end? You know, this great, I don't know, great, awesome <laughs> third series, you know, trilogy. I mean. Yeah, everybody I, else has only pretty much had three movies, you know? Yeah, uh, exactly. Thor's so. the only one that's technically going to have four, but even then it's going to be Jane Foster Thor. It's not going to be the same Thor. So mm-hmm. yeah. We're talking Thor, Love, and Thunder? Yeah. yeah. I want to touch quickly one thing, uh, uh, something that Elcharm said is that maybe they could bring in Morbius. And I feel like, you know, it's not like as much of a long shot as I, I would give it like a, probably like a 10% chance because like if you bring in Morbius, then, you know, the stinger at the end of the movie could, you know, bring in blade as his first one be like you know now that vampires have been introduced like blade starts arming up or something like that well vampires have been introduced into the mcu already we actually see them mentioned in i believe thor ragnarok they yeah. do mention vampires they so do. so they are i think you're you might be right in them saying that they will set up a blade movie in the future i could totally see that having that morbius tie-in would be great to you know 
show off late. The only issue I see with that is that they've planned out so many movies in advance, sticking a a kind of a you know Blade reference in there for a future movie, and the payoff being you know years ahead might not keep the audience you know inter- their interest intact. Yep, I agree. All right, any last uh, theories or anything else you want to add? Quick question: Will there be other MJ's or Gwens out there? You <laughs> oh. know, we're all focused on Spider-Man. <laughs> you know, there is a few MJ's. You know, <laughs> those past movies. So that's another you know thing like that's brought up in my mind. You know, just I don't know if we would see them. That's I feel like this movie is going to be so jam-packed already. It's basically another Infinity War at that point. Just bring everybody back. You know, like. That'd be very interesting. Like, I, you know, I don't know how much money Marvel has. You know, they print money, so maybe they have unlimited amounts. But that would be a lot to get back, you know, the original Mary Jane. And then pretty sure Gwen Stacy is uh, not in the... Uh, <laughs> maybe they, they grabbed her before her yeah, death. Yeah, you, you know, they, know. They, grabbed, <laughs> they grabbed everybody else before their death. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, technically... We never saw Doc Ock die on screen. <laughs> and that's the only thing why I can agree with you that they'll bring Doc Ock back. Everybody else that's died on screen, I don't think they'll bring them back. Just because it might mess with the timeline. But at the same time, you know, Loki messed with the sacred timeline and now we got all this multiverse going on. So, you know, what do I know? <laughs> they, can, they, they can do whatever they want. You know what? The, the more we talk about it, the more I hear it, the more I'm seeing that this actually might be the last Spider-Man movie we get in the MCU. I'm not saying that's the last time we'll see Tom Holland as Spider-Man, but maybe this might be the last Spider-Man we get. And I think they're going for a big swing here. And that's why they're going for a big swing, because this is going to be, you know, the book end to the Spider-Man saga. End it with the bang. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, just one last thing I just want to point out. With this multiverse, will the villain's powers get stronger? Will Spider-Man's powers, you know, get anywhere? You know, like, would it decrease, you know, during this multiverse situation? What do you guys think on that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and here's why. Just because we, we see Spider-Man in the black and gold costume, the times we see Spider-Man in the black and gold costume in the comic books is because he loses his spider sense and he needs extra armor. Mm. So... I can see maybe him losing his powers. It's actually been done in Spider-Man a few times where he loses his powers and has to go back to being, you know, a regular teenager. So I can see him losing his powers and I can see Doctor Strange giving him a suit to maybe amplify whatever powers he has left or just to keep crime fighting. The suit that you see is not the Night Monkey suit. It's a whole different suit. And it's not the Venom suit. Uh, I thought it was the Venom suit at first. (laughs) But we do see the gold trim on it, which is distinctly not a Venom suit. Yeah, we even see... You know, to Maddie's point, we see Electro has uh, turned from blue to yellow lightning, you know, so yeah, maybe that yeah. could be, I know it's a little bit of a retcon to kind of like be like more in tune with comics canon where he's, you know, very yellow. So, uh, but, you know, that could also just be a power up. Yeah. And uh, also relating to Maddie's point, what universe do you think that they're on? Like, did they enter, like, for instance, in Into the Spider-Verse, all these Spider-Men went into Miles Morales's, you know universe and world you think that's the same case where maybe they went to you know toby's spider-man universe or even andrew's or if if they're in their own like whole new universe where there isn't a spider-man or there is a spider-man i think i'm gonna go with the universes or timelines have collapsed in on themselves and that's why you're getting these crossovers that's going to be my bet so they're all crossing they're all reaching into one universe and whether it's i'm gonna go with it's probably tom's universe yeah i think i agree with l triumphs it's probably tom holland's universe because he's the one that's getting 
you know, all these problems. And he's the one that wants, you know, everyone's minds to erase of him being Peter Parker. I'm going to go with they're in their own newly created kind of universe. That's what you I'm know? thinking. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. like a mm-hmm. put them all in a blender, you know? <laughs> like, uh, Yeah, so I, I feel like it would be a completely different universe just because I don't see any of the Avengers coming back, you know? Like Thor's not going to be like, hey, what's going on? You know, like, so I feel like they're in their own universe. And uh, one last point I wanted to make. What do you think is going to be like having two Jamesons? Uh, what if they team up against <laughs> Spider-Man? You know, we have the Tobey Maguire and now we have Tom Holland's. You know, just having two yelling at them, drum faster. <laughs> <laughs> I just want both of them to point at both the Spider-Man as they're going back the window. He's a menace! You know, just, you know. <laughs> hey, all I want to see is that meme of Spider-Man's pointing at each other, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the meme shot. Iconic. That's definitely going to be. Oh, man. I can see that. It was in Spider-Verse. They have to do it. They have to do it again. Yeah. My last point. I really hope that they're doing something original and they're not trying to copy into the Spider-Verse because they're treading dangerous water by doing that. I don't think anyone wants to see a live-action clone of Into the Spider-Verse. I think Into the Spider-Verse was its own thing and it's great the way it is. I don't want them to to tread on those on those tires and go in that same route. All right, uh, my final point, and I hope I don't blow this conversation open again, but um, we were talking earlier and I had the idea that what if they're setting up kind of, was it a spectacular Spider-Man? No, a superior, superior Spider-Man. Superior Spider-Man, yeah. Where uh, Doc Ock kind of like changes consciousness with Peter. And that's why, you know, you have those mirroring shots with like Doc Ock and his claws and stuff. And he says, hello, Peter. And then you have Peter also with his like Iron Man suit. And he also like expands his claws. I don't know. It's, it's very far out there. It's probably not going to happen. But like. That would be sick to just set something like that up. Nobody would see it coming. You know, like the universes get fixed and then all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, why is Spider-Man acting differently? Oh, you know, like we brought back Doc Ock, you know? I think that would be a very interesting storyline, very interesting way to take it. I think that it would be really very unique. All right, guys, that'll be the last page for this issue. I'm also going to report on the results of last week's poll. In first place, Team uh, Captain America with uh, 58% of the votes. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Followed closely <laughs> by the Iron Avenger at 42% of the votes. Please join us next week when we will do Dark Ages number one, as well as our first What's the Issue on Celebrity Comics. And also, don't forget about our giveaway happening on our Instagram on Wednesday for your own copy of King Spawn number one. Unfortunately, we're going to have to limit it to the lower 48 states. Sorry, everybody around the world that's listening to us maybe next time okay we'll, we'll promise we'll try to get to you also please follow our socials uh facebook twitter instagram at variant bros and also on our website variantbros.com. i'm the professor and everything is fine hope you get lucky hashtag free mvc2 i remember my first grail 